Welcome to season three of Through the Marketing Lens podcast, your weekly go-to business and marketing podcast that's fluff-free to the point and filled to the brim with actual strategies that will help you to grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Katrina Arrington, and I'm a six-figure business owner turned business coach and marketing strategist on a mission to empower women all over the world to turn their dream business into wild success. And I'm not holding back. So if you're ready to make more money and more impact, you are most definitely in the right place. Oh, hello there, and welcome to today's episode of Through the Marketing Lens, which is the last episode of 2022. If you are new here, welcome. And if you are coming back, thank you so, so, so much for being here. As you may know, most of our episodes are really short and potent, under 20 minutes or so. But the last episode of the month, which is today, is an interview episode, which means I get to pick the brain of a fellow entrepreneur who is doing her thing, showing up, obviously very impressive. And I want to know how, what's working for them, what isn't working for them, and some secrets about their craft. So these are real questions that are, from me, meant to help all of us drive our businesses forward. So I hope you learn a ton today. I also want to drop in real quick and say, happy holidays, whatever it is you celebrate. We celebrate um, Hanukkah and Christmas over here in our house. We are a blended family and it's such a wonderful time of year. I absolutely love the holidays. I also love moving into the new year because it means no more holidays, you know, like I'm done, no more presents. Um, my birthday is also in January, so I love January. And so happy, happy, happy new year, uh, wherever you are in the world. So today, Let's jump in. I am interviewing Katie Love. Katie Love owns Love Social Media, which obviously is a social media agency. And what she does is help female-led businesses to thrive, which is near and dear to my heart. Um, And Katie doesn't come from social media. Her actual background is in the news. So she started in the news industry she worked with stations all across the country, and including Today Show and the White House. So she figured out along the way that news was not her true calling. And it did, however, which it always does, right? Part of her journey was it developed her into a really strong storyteller. And um, she tapped into the desire of connecting with people. So Katie really understands a different element, right? Not just about the strategy behind social media, but also behind the the power of storytelling, which we can use in lots of different facets of marketing. So um, we're going to learn from Katie today, and we're going to go ahead and jump into today's episode. Okay. Hello, Katie. I am so excited to dive into this conversation. We're going to be talking all about social media. We're going to be getting into some really fun stuff and picking your brain. Thank you so much for taking a moment to be here with us. I'm so excited to be here. I love connecting with other incredible women like yourself. Amazing. So good. And you're going to be giving so much to our people because we know social media is like the topic of conversation. It's not going away and it's always what people want to hear about and learn about. 
So I want to dive in before we get into like trends that you're seeing and really interesting stuff there. I want to hear a little bit about you and of course, how you got here, which the audience already heard a little bit about your story, but I want to understand in what you do now with your team, what brought you over to do what you're doing now from the news world? So that's really uh, two different answers. Number one, when I was an investigative journalist, I learned the importance of social media. I was seeing that so many of my stories were being seen first on my Twitter and Instagram and Facebook versus waiting for the five or six o'clock news. So I just knew that it was the future. But also being in news, I learned what a sexist industry it was, just television news. And my husband and I, grew up basically together at the same time in news. And I saw him being pulled aside for his uh, writing and his journalism. And I was being pulled in to talk about my hair or what outfit I was going to wear and just so much scrutiny on the way I looked. And so when I launched Love Social Media, I wanted to specifically work with other women. So we work with female founders, female entrepreneurs, and also my team is all women. So we're about 10 now. And it's just been such an important piece for me, even as I've been building the social media agency, that we come from a female perspective. Okay. So this makes total sense. That's why I'm obsessed with you. (laughs) This is a hundred percent something that if it is in your value system, you are drawn to other people that are similar. I didn't know this about you. And so this is cool that I saw you. There was something about your energy that I was like, yes, this is a kind of person that you want to have on the podcast. Um, So cool. So tell me a little bit about you know, having females within the business, do you feel like it's, it's part of your mission to employ people? It's part of your mission to do what? Talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So our mission is to lift up other women through, you know, what they believe to be important to them. So that's twofold also. So one, the women on my team each have individual goals of what they want to achieve. And when I was a reporter, I remember looking at these women who were becoming moms and they were missing everything that their kids were doing. They were pumping in some dirty news van and it was so stressful. And I just knew that I was destined to be a mom too. It's such an important part of who I am. But also I wanted to build a team where women could feel they didn't have to sacrifice their the success of their career if they also wanted to expand their family. So it's really driven into who we are and our values that no matter how, you know, wherever you see the road taking you, that love social media is accepting. And part of it, we have one woman going through the adoption process right now. And she has said many times at my last job, there's no way I could have taken off for all this paperwork I need to do and all the site visits. And, you know, she's been so thankful that I'm lenient, but really I I look at working for love social media as being really holistic. And I know that's kind of a strange word, but I want the women on my team to feel like they can thrive in multiple aspects of their life. Cool. 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 So this, what comes up for me, like, as you're saying that is stepping into like true leadership as a woman right now. 
And I love what's happened in the last few years where we're really seeing all of these women transition from like hobbies and business owners even to true CEOs. And this to me is being a true CEO is like seeing this is what's important to us. This is the kind of people we align with. So in navigating this, do you feel like you've had the tools to do this in a certain way? Is there a mentor that you've had? What's really brought you to being so clear on this? Yeah. So no tools on paper. No, I have a journalism background, but no business degree. And the first few years of my career, I were quite lonely. I I had struggled to find other women inside my space who I felt like I could lean on or have as a mentor. And so a lot of it was learning and failing and just trying to pick myself back up each time. And it most recently... I have connected with two incredible women, um, Stephanie and Courtney at Entrepreneurs and Social Fly, who've been able to mentor me as they've built their own really successful social media agency. And what's been great in the last year is now I'm passing it forward to other up-and-coming social media managers who, even though I, I hate the term, I just want to pick your brain because as women, we offer so much more value. Um, I also think it's important to, you know, lend a hand down to the the women coming after me. And yeah, I, I will say some mentorship, a lot of just learning as I go, fake it till you make it. Totally. Cool. So I want to talk a little bit more on the connection piece. I think so many, I know so many women who are in the business world, who are thinking about getting into the business world, when they hear people say, like, one of the best things that you can do is connect with other women. And what I hear a lot of times is like, how do you do that? Like, how does it actually happen? I understand the big picture, but what are the logistical steps to create those connections? Obviously, everyone has a different story. What does that look like for you? And and I don't just mean like people who work with you in addition to those people, the networking that you do. I think a lot of it includes getting a little uncomfortable. And so for me, when I first connected with Stephanie, she had written a book called Like Love Follow. And I read it when I started my company. And then a couple years in, I thought, what if I follow Stephanie and message her. And I thought, well, there's no way she would ever respond. And I got uncomfortable and I messaged her. And to my surprise, she was like, let's connect. I'd love to learn more about you. And it's been such a partnership ever since. But if I did not put myself out there, it wouldn't have happened. And I think that a lot of women hold themselves back. They don't want to seem stupid or want to ask for help. We want to be able to do everything. But there's so much is power and just the ask and sending that email and saying, hey, do you have 15 minutes for me to just meet you over Zoom, tell you a little bit about me? I'd love to hear about you and just come from a a genuine place, I think has really helped me network and grow. So, so good. I love that you did that with Stephanie. That's like a very powerhouse move too. And takes a lot of guts to to do that thing. But if you think about it, like it's real, it's just a DM or it's just an email. And the worst case scenario is what happens to us all the time every day. Like 
I get so many unanswered emails because people are busy, you know? And yeah, that's such good advice. Okay. So I want to shift over to your business and really understanding you're obviously blowing up. And um, I want to understand what your process to getting to where you are, but really like taking a a dive in the past year. Like what has this year looked like for you and your business in terms of your growth and changes that you've experienced? This year has really been pivotal in growing Love Social Media. So we're in year five and my financial goals were big and we wanted to go from you know, 600,000, which was where we were at last year to hitting a a million in revenue. And I'm excited to say that we will hit it. And I thought that there was no way this time last year that I could have a million dollar business. And I've learned from other women that I admire so much that you just have to push yourself. And so I would have been comfortable saying my number was like, let's say 750, but to get that uncomfortable and really push myself, I said a million. And the other thing that I've had to do to reach that goal is to scale. And I had to scale. It it doesn't seem quick because five years of grinding and networking and trying to put this build, this business together. But then in the last year, I went from three employees to nine, <laughs> which is a lot of people that I'm responsible for. But I, I realized at a certain point, I had a revenue cap. My business had a revenue cap. And then I had to figure out, well, how do I replicate what I'm doing? Because I'm a type A and I want to do all the things. And I will just say, no, 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 let's just let me do it, which is the biggest red flag I see with so many female entrepreneurs is letting go. And a lot of it comes down to just creating a process that someone else can follow and implement and you can oversee. And that's really helped me in my business. Mm. I could stay there and talk about that all day because that is like the best advice that you can give someone and it's so hard. But what you said about the difference between 750,000 and a million. I want to go there. So talk to me about what pushing yourself in that zone looked like. What was that extra interviews? Was that extra networking? Or was it like actually like retaining clients in a different way? Literally, what were the things there? So first I had to be okay with taking a salary pay cut. This was maybe over the summer where I needed to make a, a larger hire. And that means that someone who required, you know, re- required and respected a larger salary. And that meant saying, okay, Katie, you're not going to take as much as the owner this month. But I think and for the first time in Love Social Media's history, this was last year or last May, we did not make any money. I think we lost like two or $3,000. And that felt, (laughs) it felt like I was going to throw up basically is how it felt. Like we, I lost money, but I had to lose some money to eventually make money. And so what the, these couple of strategic hires that I've made 
have been able to bring in so much more business. And I, you know, thinking about their salary, yes, made me nauseous, but then having them, their brilliance, their knowledge, their expertise only allowed me to grow my business. So I think that that was probably the biggest thing that I I could do was to do that and also invest in my people. A lot of agencies have a lot of turnover. And even at one point in my business, I had a lot of turnover and I had to think about, well, if I want to build this million dollar business, how do I have people who stick with me, who are on the same wavelength of wanting to build together? And the one thing that I do is I don't wait until the end of the year to give salary increases. I have one woman on my team who's literally received a salary bump four times this year. And she works so incredibly hard. And as the company grew and we took on larger clients, she grew. And then she saw, oh, okay. The growth of the company impacts me. And I'm not just someone who's going to stay at this one level forever and wait two or three years to get a meaningful salary bump. I'm going to, the company's going to grow and I'm going to grow. And that created more buy-in for growing the company. Yeah. So good. Investing in your people. So that's obviously an incredible tool to be able to do and also a scary one. And I think a lot of people hire much lower than maybe they should because the VA who's in the Philippines is a lot less expensive. And I understand that handle that higher. (laughs) We've all made that mistake one point. But um, talk to me about hiring. What is that experience like for you? Have you had a lot of success in your hiring? Has it been something that you've had to like perfect in a process? So I actually think hiring is way harder than finding the right clients, which seems strange because everyone wants more business and to, to make more money. But finding the right people I have found to be incredibly challenging. There's one thing that has been in my favor and that I have luckily this um, group of women who have been following me on Instagram for a while. And so a lot of times when I have a job posting, I'm only posting it on my own Instagram and I'm receiving a lot of great feedback and they're women who kind of get me. They've been, they would, they'll know the ethos of the company because I'm so open about who I am and what I believe in on social. And so one hire in particular is really interesting. And she watched me on morning news um, in 2015 in Columbus, Ohio. And she watched me for about two years. She was following me. She followed my career um, shift and she was in finance. 15 years working for JP Morgan and <laughs> investigating fraud. But she had this dream of being in social media and no one would give her a chance. So then she found herself at 35, like, how do I make this career shift? You know, Katie's done it in some way, but no one's going to give me a chance because I have this like accounting background. And so I said, I'm, this might sound crazy, but I can make you an intern. I don't have much. This was like maybe year three of the company. Like I could pay you $15 an hour. I know you have this like fancy bank job, but do you want to try it? She was like, yes. So for a year, this woman interned with us after work at the bank for several hours, 
getting paid $15 an hour. She learned everything that she could about social and is now um, this time last year, she, you know, sent me her, she was like, I'm ready to quit my job and come work for you. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been incredible because I, I knew her, I saw her work. I was able to train her and it's been, she's one of, I don't want to say my favorite hires, but I've made some definite mistakes. I, I've had a lot of women come into interviews really confident, which I love. And I'm like, yes. And I, I see what they're putting outward and I then don't take a a second to look at what their long-term goals are and whether um, they're using me as a stepping stone, which is fine too, but I'm trying to look for long-term people. And I don't mean like you have to dedicate 10 years of your life, but stay with us for more than a year. So that's one mistake that I made. And um, also making sure that they gel with the other women on the team, because this is such a collaborative effort. So I started doing, I wouldn't even talk to the candidate before two or three members on my team had vetted them. And they would say, I'm upset. It was like the word, like I'm obsessed or like, I think it's the no. And then that's, they love being part of the hiring process too. Oh, that's so good. You have your filters before it even gets to you. And that's how you scale. (laughs) So good. So good. Okay. Okay. Before we continue, if you like this episode, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you listen. That just means you're going to get access whenever we release a new episode totally for free. And while you're at it, please, please write us a five-star review. It takes 10 seconds and it is game-changing for this podcast because more people can find it. And as you know, we are on a mission to help as many entrepreneurs as possible. Okay. Thanks. Bye. So I would love to get some of your insights on social. So that's um, very broad. (laughs) I'm going to go deeper. Don't you worry. I'm not going to go. I'm taking away, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So your favorite platform you shared with me is Instagram. Yeah. And, but your company does all platforms. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Because when we're looking at your business, we have to decide where your people are. And that's not always Instagram. I'll say about 90% of the time, unless you're just a straight B2B business, your people are on Instagram. And I love that platform. It's given me so much and it's helped me build my business. But we've quickly started to incorporate a lot of TikTok. Um, Even Pinterest has played a big role in building businesses. So you know, my number one tip for business owners who are saying to themselves, I know I need a social strategy. I have no idea where to start. And this is super overwhelming to me. Is I say, pick one or two platforms. You don't need to do all six or seven right. That can, if you start thinking about it like that, you will never just start. And so pick one or two, think about your demographic, their age, what they're interested in and where they where they pick up their phone each morning, where they where they are. And so that's that's kind of the basic. And then we look at three different components for a social strategy. So the first is knowing your audience. Who are you talking to? What makes them laugh? What inspires them? What entertains them? And the second is your content. So we know that video is massive right now. And I'm not saying that you need to do a bunch of dancing reels, but I am saying that if you want to be a real player on the Instagram game, 
you really need to start using Reels. Um, Adam Ozeri, the head of Instagram, has even said that this is a platform that's really going to be video focused, which of course a lot of people have been upset about, but that's that's just the what people are actually sitting down and watching. So creating content that you can use on multiple platforms. Luckily, LinkedIn now takes Reels, Facebook, you can repurpose on TikTok. So video, even YouTube Shorts has a lot of purpose. And then the so we've got strategy, content, and then community. And so you can make a bunch of incredible content, but if you're not fostering and nourishing your community and you're posting and you're never opening the app again, you can't expect to get a million likes. It's just not going to happen like that. This is a social first platform just by its nature. People want to feel like you're engaging in their content too. So I always say to get the love, you've got to give the love. And so that's part of the, like the three pillar approach we, we teach our clients. I love that. So um, in terms of like where you see everything going, I think there's a lot of questions that we get on Instagram all the time. And it's an ever-changing platform. Obviously, you know that better than I do. And I think a lot of people get super frustrated with, okay, I'm getting a lot of traction. And then it seems to fade away. And when it comes to reels right now, which is obviously what people are talking about the most with Instagram, now we've seen this recent drop-off where people were getting tons of views on their reels. And I've noticed it on mine too. A few thousand has now gone to a few hundred. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very discouraging. So what are you seeing in terms of like, is it, is there something new coming is it going to be reels for the long haul? Do you have any insight or even just like thoughts around reels specifically? Definitely. Number one, you have to know that there is a seasonality. And TikTok even said last week, expect views to be 30% lower starting right before Thanksgiving through the new year. You, you would think that pe- people being off work would mean more time on social, but they're traveling, they're with family. And so we're going to see views dip. The other thing is not to be so hard on yourself <laughs> when you see a video doesn't perform as well. Let's take it as a learning. So what was in this video that I didn't incorporate in that one video that really took off? Did I show my face? Was I being humorous? Was I being inspirational? And I think the mistake that people make is not doubling down on the content that works. And if you see a a TikTok star that's like, whoa, wait, last week she had 100 followers. Now she has 20,000. You will see that they have niched down. They've picked a couple content pillars or pillars that are important to their brand, and they have stuck to it. And that's what they become known for. So when someone goes to follow you, they're not like, wait, what is what is this woman going to offer me? And why would I follow them? It's very clear. She gives business tips or social media tips. And the other thing, and so if I'm, I'm playing double advocate to myself, we have some clients who say, well, I'm multifaceted. I offer this, this, and this. And that's fine. But like pick three or four things. If I'm going to your page and I'm seeing cooking and fashion and business tips and I have no idea what you do or what you offer, then there's a problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think what you just said, like, you know, the the gone are the days of spending the time of like reading their about page and getting into like why they named it this. We, and we need something that's 
really cut and dry and easy. So yes to the the couple of content pillars. And you said, you know, is what content worked? Was it something that was inspirational, educational, those kinds of things? What do you see that people are mostly pulled to right now? Is there a ranking that you know? So I think that we saw this a lot during the pandemic. Number one, we saw TikTok take such a huge leap ahead with downloads and users. And a lot of that was not only people seeing you in action and moving and lively, but was humor. And it was so hard for so long that having that levity in videos, I think, um, really ignited and helped engage a lot of people's content. And some business owners say to me, well, I don't want to be seen as silly. And how do I inject, you know, inject humor without seeming unprofessional? And I think what you have to remember is that humor is it's relatable. It makes you human. It makes you honest. And when people are seeing things that are so curated and, you know, the t-shirt that you we're looking for on Safari or Google is now showing up on your Instagram and you're like, ah, everything is curated. Nothing is real. People want to feel like they're watching a real human who has, you know, real relatable things happening. And so I think that's just something to remember is get back to what other people can relate to you about. Yeah. So good. So when you're advising businesses, are you are they actually creating the content and then you guys are posting it or kind of a lot of different ways? So I would say that for the majority, we're a content first, content creation first agency. So we I have a closet full of every product that you know we we help with. And a lot of my team has lights and a tripod and we're constantly creating content on the go. And so many business owners just don't have the time to make that content. And it's easy when you have a product because I don't necessarily need the face of the business. We do have personality driven brand. So we have one woman who is a WWE fighter and has, you know, 3 million followers. And so obviously the content, she needs to be in it. And so what that looks like is us going once a month, we have a list of 10 ideas and we're going to knock it out and we're going to batch content. And that's something you can do too for yourself. And then we have a client in Denver who is the host of a national Um, lifestyle show. And for her, we're sending the list to someone on her team to execute. But coming up with a consistent flow, because another mistake I see business owners making all the time is they'll go two or three months and they're posting all the time and either they get burnt out or they don't see traction and they just stop. Yep. You Half the battle is just being consistent and showing up. And so... Don't overcommit. If you can't post every day, that's totally fine. Even if you say to yourself, I'm going to post two times a week, that's a win if you consistently keep up with it. Yeah. And so talk to me about the feed. Um, People kind of battle this out. It's important. It's not important. It, It needs to be aesthetically this. What is your take on that? So admittedly, I love an aesthetic feed. I... Um, if you go into my feed, you'll see a certain color theme, which is like ever present pink t-shirt, pink microphone, 
pink water bottle, pink eye, you know, everything. It's just, I love that color and I love being super branded. Okay. But in the last year or two, people have really gone away from feeling like they need this curated, cohesive looking feed and they want to see more raw and messy. I feel very conflicted on it. I think that if you're a brand and I land on your page and I don't see a cohesiveness to the colors or the content or something, I'm going to feel like this is a disorganized brand that doesn't know where they're going. So I think you need some of it. Do I think you need to make every third photo a carousel and every fifth photo a blue square or something like that? No, I think you can put less pressure on yourself. But consistency can be small things. It can be a color. It can be lighting. It can be your graphics. So it doesn't it doesn't have to be all the things, but just some sort some sort of flow that makes people, you know, feel invited to your feed, mm-hmm. feel comfortable, and not like everything here is a hot mess. Totally, exactly. Um, cool. And in terms of like platforms, anything that you particularly, I know Instagram is like your favorite. Mm -hmm. I always hear people obsessing about Pinterest and that's just not something I've ever really gotten into myself. But in terms of where you really see like growth, and of course it makes sense like what business you are, but where do you see a lot of growth happening in the last, in the next couple of years? I don't see TikTok going anywhere. I'm not a believer in Be Real, the new platform where you post something in real time. Um, I kind of understand why people like it, but I don't see that sticking around for long, especially now that TikTok's adapted something like Be Real in the moment um, feature. I do think that businesses don't understand the importance of Pinterest as a search engine optimization tool. Because unlike Instagram and TikTok, you can hyperlink your content. And so when someone sees a beautiful home design and they're like, wait, where's that couch from? They can actually click it and buy it, which is so valuable. And so we, we've really stepped up Pinterest for our clients and we've seen great growth. It doesn't, it just takes a little consistency and thinking about you know, what people are doing on that platform when they're building their dream homes or their weddings or putting together their fashion looks for the fall. I mean, the the amount of Pinterest users, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's still a, a fourth. It's like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, but it's still being used a lot. I will say, I think it's like 75% women. So that's another thing to consider is the demographic. Not that we don't see men over there, but it's it skews highly female where the other platforms are a little bit more evened out. Um, and then of course, TikTok. I have a lot of clients who are intimidated by it. They feel like, okay, I didn't, I didn't jump on this early enough. But we've seen great growth. The thing about TikTok is like your neighbor's best friend can go viral in a day, right? There's so much untapped potential and the chance to go viral is so much higher than it is over on Instagram because people are interested in seeing content from, you know, someone who doesn't have a huge celebrity following. Yeah. That's so interesting. I didn't know that about TikTok, that it was so different than Instagram. Cool. Um, I think like the the question that I get the most 
about all of these things, especially with video, is how do you get past the fear of getting on? And I have lots of answers myself, but I know that you work with clients that I'm sure you have to help there. And you were on the news. So you have really good insight into like, how do you get good on video? And that is a loaded question, I realize, but what are your insights there? So I think that if you can pick one thing that you feel comfortable with, a lot of times when we have a business owner who's scared, we start them on Instagram stories. So we'll say, let's just have you talk about literally anything you're doing. Like, what are you doing right now? Are you playing with your kids? Are you cooking dinner? It doesn't matter. It can be raw. It can be behind the scenes. So we get our clients comfortable with just filming a simple story and that we've seen be successful. And then we go into reels. The mistake we've made is to try to get our clients to to do the trending audios where you have to mimic the person. And that's actually way harder for those who are not in it. So we have scaled back and trying to get our clients to do that. And instead, we say, can we just get B-roll, which would just be footage of you working in your environment, making a cup of coffee, going on a walk with your dog. And then you'll see when we add it together that it makes this compelling lifestyle of, you know, 15, you know, how a dentist spends her morning. And you don't actually have to talk to the camera. You can just be living your daily life and a camera happens to be pointed at you. So it's baby steps for those that have a lot of fear. But once they see themselves on video and they get more comfortable, then we move into the, do you want to try to address the camera and say your top tips, but come at it with a an idea of something that you love to talk about. If you can talk about being a dentist all day, we have one a pediatric dentist who could tell you a million things every mom should be doing right now with their kids' teeth, you know, giving them a topic that they love that excites them versus trying to push them into something that's going to make them uncomfortable or something. They don't, they don't really have a lot of arsenal to talk about. Yes. Oh my God. Do the thing that lights you up a hundred times. It doesn't freaking matter. People don't remember what you said yesterday. Say it again. <laughs> so exactly. good. So good. Exactly. Oh my gosh. This was so incredible. You are an arsenal. I feel like I could talk to you forever, especially because I always have Instagram questions. So thank you very much for, um, for treating us to this. And I would love to hear from you now. What are you working on now? How can people follow you? Share so that anyone who's here who needs someone like you in their life, where should they go? So you can check us out at Love Your Social Media on Instagram and loveyoursocialmedia.com. And we also offer a great audit where we can come in, look at what's working and what's not working and put together a done for you strategy. So make sure to say hi. I'd love to hear from you. I love that. So that's all available. They would be able to find that on your Instagram. And website, yes. And website. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you so much, Katie. I appreciate you so much. So good. 
It was so lovely to learn from Katie and about Katie. You can certainly connect with her in the links in the show description below. So you don't have to hop around. It is right there for you. I also want to say one more time, happy, happy holidays. If you are celebrating with family, I hope it's somewhat stress-free, whatever that looks like. I know this time of year is hyped up and it's supposed to be magical or at least according to the movies, but if it's not, that's okay too. We are moving into 2023 and I don't know about you, but I am certainly ready for that. Cheers. And I will see you next Tuesday for a brand new episode, our very first episode of the new year. 